because we would even read a book by Joe about 16th century basket making. This is MuggleCast episode 250 for March 2nd, 2012. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Well, for the yeah. 250th time, welcome uh-huh. to MuggleCast. It is a landmark episode. Too fitty. A landmark podcast. Too fitty. A, it's a huge, momentous occasion. And here to celebrate with us is Ben Shane. Too fitty. <laughs> Returning after a long while. He's feeling very... Um, you know, uh, nostalgic. He's wearing his MuggleCast 2006 Lumo shirt. Yeah, just for the show, man. But oh, then, man, but, the gray one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was really shirt. touched, and then I realized his whole wardrobe is MuggleCast shirts. Does it still fit Yeah, that's all I wear. Yeah, it still fits me. What, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> what, what's the situation? <laughs> no, I'm just saying you're a little bit older now, though. You, you grew a little taller since then. Yeah, I, it has been six years. Yeah. It's a while. Well, whereas I used to fill it, I, now I fill it out with, you know, solid, lean body mass. Right. <laughs> check out check out Ben's body on Twitter.com slash Ben Ben's Shane. body. <laughs> it's a new Twitter account. <laughs> uh, I do not want to see that. Anyway, Mike, Eric, and I are here. Uh, we were also supposed to have one other host, but this person... She bailed. Bailed. Yeah. She bailed. <laughs> I wasn't even going to reveal the gender, but... Well, that automatically... Oh, okay. Narrows it down to one person. <laughs> yeah, Laura. <laughs> very Laura was in Costa is in Costa Rica. That you know, there's time confusion. Then that may have been what what's happening. But we'll get her on a different. There's episode. also a language barrier. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Costa yeah. Rica. She said she but, she uh, emailed me last night. She was like, you know, I'm going to be speaking Spanish the whole time. I'm like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> we, we tried to call on some translators and all that, but we that's could, what I said. Though I said we'd we have a translator at the show. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we had differences we couldn't sort out, so that's uh, why. Although, she's also, we should we should clarify about the the redhead that we uh, promised last episode. Yes. Ben, you've you've dyed your hair red recently. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Because it uh, brings out your Irish heritage. So that's the Eric surprise shaved guess. his head lately. You're ben O'Shane. Is that, ben, o- is that ben O'Shano. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, so congrats, everybody, on 250 episodes, especially you, Ben. I mean, you've been tirelessly working through all the I episodes. Know. I know. For, for the record, like, for some of those new listeners, like, if you go way back in the day, I used to be on this show quite a lot. Yeah, you did. So, and I used to be a, a big contributor to the show. <laughs> so what happened? What happened? I don't know, <laughs> well, man. Well, Ben, you're still I'm a little, big contributor. I got show. a little bit pottered out, you know, over the years, but, you know, I'm, I'm here. I still like to come on the show. I like to talk about Harry Potter. I, you know, I love podcasting with you guys. Of course. We've been doing this for years. 250 episodes. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll make it to 500, bro? Mm, I don't know. That's hard to say. Unless we turn the podcast into something greater, because J.K. Rowling has a new book. Before we continue with today's news, and there is a lot of it, we'd like to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. It's the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. 
One audiobook to consider, and we know this is going to appeal to a lot of you, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. This book is fantastic. It's a tearjerker. You will laugh. You will, you will cry. You will love it. Insightful, bold, irreverent, and raw, The Fault in Our Stars is award-winning author John Green's most ambitious and heartbreaking work yet, brilliantly exploring the funny, thrilling, and tragic business of being alive and in love. To get The Fault in Our Stars by John Green or any other book on Audible for free, visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. And that leads <sighs> us into the news this week. Andrew, what's in the news oh. this week? <laughs> well, Micah, uh, J.K. Rowling announced a new book. Um, uh, evidently, if we are to believe the giant graphic that was on her agent's website, we are to believe it's called The New Book, <laughs> which was very insulting to uh, everybody who saw it. Um insulting well insulting in that like it's like i don't know was it a joke like what did this why have a graphic that says the new book the new book by jk (laughs) rowling they just wanted something to like already it's got like feet marketing feet and already it's walking away you know like running around the world selling itself Mm -hmm. as Um, right now as the new book you know yeah when when i first heard this news um and when i heard the amount of information that was released the first thing that popped into my head was, oh, here we go again. J.K. Rowling with her, you know, secrecy, th- her little bit at a time. Let's give them a little bit of information at a time. You know, we'll get them up at 4 a.m. to tell them that we're going to release something in nine right. months, right. you know, <laughs> with Pottermore. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, but, but she has the, the, the right to do she that. She can do it. Yeah. And she, she has the, she's not, you know, some no name nobody. If Stephanie, I don't think Stephanie Meyer could pull this off. Oh, whoa, whoa! I don't know. She. Uh, I mean, well, let's go through it. Let's go through it. So yeah. So what? It what started. News it started. There, like- it started very early in the morning. The Blair Partnership, which is her new, the the new company she's represented by, used to be um Christopher Little. She left Christopher Little. Little drama there, I think, but we don't know the details anyway. Um. The Blair Partnership, and they updated their website, which read, We are pleased to announce that our client, J.K. Rowling, will be releasing a new novel for adults. Further details will be announced later in the year. The Blair Partnership is a literary agency. We are in the business of taking care of authors, their talent, their careers, and their success. What accent is that? It's a mix of nonsense. It's like Scandinavian, half Scottish, Australian, it's bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Blair Partnership announced this. Like I said, there was the graphic that said the new book. And Is that like the New the- Testament? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one, Mike. I like that. So Harry Potter's now the Old Testament, huh? Great. <laughs> More religious comparisons. Uh, and and then th- this book isn't going to be published by Scholastic. Right. It's uh, the or new Bloomsbury. Right. The new partner, the new publisher is Little Brown, who published the Twilight books. So interesting. What? That's the last thing we need is a is a Twilight esque cover for for the new J.K. Rowling book. Oh or yeah, comparison. these Twilight high, publishers going to screw high it contrast. all up. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, just high contrast, one object. Uh, those publishers make those kinds of decisions, and uh, I don't know. And J.K. Rowling's official statement was, Although I've enjoyed writing it every bit as much, my next book will be very different to the Harry Potter series, which has been published so brilliantly by Bloomsbury and my other publishers around the world. The freedom to explore new territory is a gift that Harry's success has brought me. And with that new territory, it seemed a logical progression to have a new publisher. I'm delighted to have a second publishing home in Little Brown and a publishing team that will be a great partner in this new phase of my writing life. 
Yeah, she's like, Scholastic, I've made you rich enough. <laughs> I'm going to make somebody else rich. Uh, w- you know, in general, with like the expectations for this, you know, people, I mean, obviously, commercially, the, whatever this book is, the fact that it has her name on it is going to, it's going to sell a bazillion copies and people are going to line up at the bookstores. People are going to be stoked for it. Now, but in terms of, in terms of what to expect, wouldn't it, isn't it kind of like the equivalent of, you know, if Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, the creator of Facebook, was to make a new tech project in the future, asking it if we were to expect that to have as, as big of an impact as Facebook? What, isn't that like kind of the same thing with mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling's new book? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, to me, it almost seems like we're, we're, go, we're going to be disappointed. There's no <laughs> way we're not going to be disappointed given you know, just what we've come to expect from J.K. Rowling. I don't, I'm surprised. So it's been five years as, you know, since the publication of the seventh Harry Potter book. I'm surprised that the announcement that came wasn't, oh yeah, by the way, I wrote this book. It's been published for over a year and it's this book that she wrote, you know, under a pen name or something. Because mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling doesn't seem to have that problem where, you know, if she were to write a new book, she couldn't be secret about it. And it may get this, uh, you know, not not unjust attention, but it may get attention, you know, based on other merits. Right. You know, we're all, I think, we're all very interested in seeing but what the next book she writes I, just because it's her. See, the, the problem that I have with that is, and, and I guess I understand why authors do it, but... She's already established herself. You know, she took the chance. She wrote Harry Potter, became this tremendous success. Why would you want to write under any other name moving forward? Right. Well, I, you know, really, it's just for the the crowd control aspect of it. I think. I yeah, mean, to, and, to and, avoid and, that pressure of the yeah, Harry Potter. Not only the, the pressure, but people. I mean, I don't know why did Stephen King do it. You know, he wrote as Richard Bachman for a couple, of, and I. I don't think the reasons are that great because ultimately you got to stand by who you are. You know, I think public image or not public image. And, and so JK Rowling isn't writing under an alias. You know, her, her announcement was that there's a new book from her coming out. So that's good. Um, and, and I think she could do that in the future, right under a pen name, but not for her first post Potter project. I think yeah. it's too soon. Well, I mean, particularly from a commercial standpoint, you know, yeah, the, this thing is, this is going to be, you know, particularly if it's not, if this book isn't that great or something, you know, this is going to be the most successful post-Potter work that she does. Yeah. And you know, Little Brown, whoever want, who, whatever publisher was going to win the rights to this, they wanted to say, this is J.K. Rowling's first Potter project because it's going to sell like crazy. Uh, but I admit that it's going to be hard for me to pick up this book and read it and be like, uh, I, I want I want to read more fantasy from J.K. Rowling, so I would be disappointed if I'm reading it and you know there isn't any sort of magic or fantasy yeah. anything in fantasy. I just want something related to fantasy. So, so this is my main question, and I think it could. I mean, a lot of topics about this could be a main discussion, you know, for a show. But my question is, what does it mean? You know, there's two little words in this press release from Little Brown, and it says, you know. Our client, J.K. Rowling, will be releasing a new novel for adults. What does that mean for adults? It means means there's more adult-appropriate material. Oh, okay. More adult. Does this mean sex? Does this mean drug use? Does this mean Uh, um, lesser themes? Does it mean it won't be a fantasy? Does it mean, you know, what is that? What what can we make of releasing a new novel for adults? 
I think for adults, know. I would say you know, but books like Twilight, Harry Potter, but but the Twilight Games, is young adult. Those are to, young adults. We have adults. to be specific. Young. No, adults. Th- th- that's what I, that's what I'm saying is that you know, the, as whereas those books are for young adults, whereas uh, um, what what's the name of that guy who did Game of Thrones? H R R Z Y J R R. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. Okay, George R R Martin. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Those books are for, you know, adults. And I would say, I, I would expect to see a higher level of writing from J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. in the, if it's, if she's saying this book is for adults. Would you guys agree? I would agree. Well, well a higher level of writing or just more adult characters? I would say a higher level of writing. Well, I mean, a more sophisticated I, cause, cause, writing Because, I mean, she style. improved her writing technique, like, through every Harry Potter book. Like, there's no... Yeah, but they're still written for... Uh, for young I mean, adults, essentially, you know, the if you were to go, if you were to go read uh, a George R. R. Martin book, it's it's going to be more complex and you know not as easily readable to um, a young adult as it would be to an adult. But I think part of J.K. Rowling's appeal was how readable her writing was for everybody to begin with. Um, which is why do you think like this writing, this the books? Are you saying the books will be written in a more uh, a less accessible way where it's it's just kind of confusing or uh, that it drolls on? Not confusing like, or that it drolls on or that it'd be less interesting. I would just say that it's going to not be as light. It's not, It's in short, I think it's not going to be as marketable to children. It's not going to be topics or themes that you could sell to a kid and a kid's going to be yeah, interested in but it. The other yeah. thing to well, the good news is that her audience has grown up. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the, what I was going to say. Is that I knew it, Micah, so I stole it. Yeah, from you. you stole it. You just ripped it right out of my hands. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that the audience is older now and they are more easily able to understand adult themes and not to say that kids can or young adults can't, but I think she probably has a lot more freedom, too, in writing this book where maybe she was a bit more restricted with Potter in terms of the kind of things that she could put in there. Though you can also bring up the point that the Harry Potter books were very long, and by most standards, you do not write long books for children. And that's one of the reasons why. I mean, they've always never been considered children's books, at least the last few. By the people reading them, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, there have been some clues suggesting what J.K. Rowling will be writing, and it seems it could be in the mystery-slash-crime drama. Um, the Guardian rounded up a few details about uh, of why they think it could be thriller-slash-crime. Um, for one, the editor at Little Brown that she is working with, he is um, David Shelley. A man who counts Dennis Lane, Val McDermott, Carl Heinsohn, and Mark Billingham amongst amongst his authors, and who comes from a background steeped in crime and thriller writing. And now he's going to be editing J.K. Rowling's book. Um, he's also reportedly brought out the best in various thriller writers, Panic by Jeff Abbott, The Shakespeare Secret by J.L. Correll, The Brutal Art by Jesse Kellerman. Um, he's taken over editing for major brand name authors including Billingham, Nelson, DeMille, and Duncan Falconer. Oh, Nelson DeMille. Uh, Interesting. What did he write? Uh, he, he writes a lot of those types of books. I have a lot of them, actually. Um, okay. Like and thrillers. And Ian Rankin, 
a known neighbor of J.K. Rowling jokingly tweeted that, uh, <clears throat> wouldn't it be funny if J.K. Rowling's first novel for adults turned out to be a crime story set in Edinburgh? My word, yes. Law and order. <laughs> neighbors and he's a crime writer. Um, so those were some hints, but again, this, none of this is confirmation. I, I would say that's a good guess, though. And she said there's more information to come later this year, right? Yes, and well, well that's hang what, on, did she did she tweet this? <laughs> no, the Blair partnership said more information to come later this year, and then J.K. Rowling later in the day tweeted herself <gasps> that the book will be out later this year, and that oh, was really, and that was the first confirmation that it was actually going to come out this year. Oh, damn! So later this year, Th- damn, that's really deep. exciting. Yeah, it is. That's really exciting because I mean that'll be like the first fiction novel I've read since Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> You mean you haven't read The Hunger Games yet? I haven't read The Hunger Games. I know I'm going to get Ben, neither have I. Massacred, but Ben, you know, we should read it together. I yeah, I'm I'm open to reading The Hunger Games. I, yeah, I I don't think they're going to make this a series. Really? Now, see, that disappoints me. I would love another J.K. Rowling series. Well, I mean, I think if she's going to make it a series, like she's going to come out front and say this will be a trilogy. I don't yeah. think she would do more than a trilogy because she's not going to want to mess around with Another seven books, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the pressure of producing another novel. Maybe, maybe she just wants to write a standalone story and do it all in one go this time. I'm sure yeah. she'll I'd do that at some point. If it. Not right now. Yeah, a standalone story. I'd like to see that from her. Joining us now is Laura. Hello, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Oh. You got out of class late. I understand. Yeah, I'm a really mean teacher. I kept my students late. Can you believe this? Laura Thompson, now Hola, a hola, Laura. <laughs> you kept them till 9 o'clock at night? Hola, Laura. Como estas? an hour behind you, actually. 8 o'clock at night? So, yeah. Well, the class goes until like 745, and it wasn't really my fault. They were asking questions, so they were kind of the ones college? who held me up. Um, I teach elementary and college, wow. actually. So, yeah. It's all grouped together down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In Costa Rica. Laura is in Costa Rica. Stay in your bungalow. I don't live in a bungalow, Mike. I live in a mud hut. I would expect you to know this by now. (laughs) Anyway, but seriously, Laura, so you're in Costa Rica now. What what motivated you to to move down there and then teach? I mean, that's a wonderful thing. Um, Well, you remember, Andrew. I came down here to study abroad two years ago. And, um, mm-hmm. that's why it's kind of why flies. I stopped being on MuggleCast, <laughs> partly because at the time I had no internet and I just loved it here so much that I wanted to come back. And really, if you're a native English speaker, the only kind of job you can get here is teaching. So nice. that's how nice. it happened. <laughs> so, so what do you think of JK Rowling's new book announcement? Does this excite you? Have you heard about it? <laughs> no, I mean, we don't get news down here. I mean, the fact that I have internet <laughs> well, is well, just, just absolutely news. amazing. It comes by Sparrow, right? <laughs> yeah. Sparrow's delivering no, news. No, no, by ah, Toucan. Ah, we don't have Sparrow's Toucan. down here. <laughs> well, you just said Toucan's you brought internet to Costa Rica. So so what do you and the Toucan think of J.K. Rowling's new book? Um, we're pretty freaking excited. Um we don't know that much about it unless you guys have gotten some news that we haven't gotten down here, but there was It's coming out later this year, Laura. Did you know that? Yes. Duh, Ben. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I didn't know. She said she didn't she didn't have much news about it, so I was making <laughs> no, sure she had the details. <laughs> there really isn't though, is there? It's just it's coming no, out this not. year and it's an adult novel now. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Yet we find a way to spend a half hour talking about it. How awesome are we? <laughs> because, Micah yeah, thinks, there's, there's, Micah there's, thinks there's, it's going to be um, a contender for the New Testament. Actually, <laughs> really, is what he said earlier. Because it's called the new book. On the well, Blair I have a question. Website. I mean, has there been any discussion about what kind of genre we're talking about, or have you guys already it's, spent it's eight rumored, million years? It, yeah, a little bit. It's rumored to be a crime slash thriller based on evidence that her editor at Little Brown has a ton of experience in the crime and thriller genre. So, rumor has it that 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 you know th- that fact alone is playing a big hint as to what the genre will. What be. if it flops? <laughs> yeah, you know that's completely possible. That's completely possible. Is it, yes. is it really? Well, yes. How? I mean, I guess I think I think it, I think it can flop from the standpoint of the New York Times, the L.A. Times, the major newspapers and publications I, I doing negative disagree. reviews about I, I it and saying that you know J.K. Rowling's new work is a miss. But it, I don't. It, it's definitely not going to flop from a commercial standpoint. And in terms of the way the fans view it i think the fans are going to love it like i think she could like scribble on a piece of paper and call it her new novel and <laughs> yeah. most fans would love it because yeah. there's such a, a great affinity oh definitely for she could put out a book about 15th century basket weaving and and everybody would just <laughs> i would be, be all over, over that heels. shit i'd have basket cast i'd be like <laughs> hosting basket that podcast cast. Talking about it, I'm talking. Eric dude, I'm is a basket like, case. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. that would be perfect. You should. No, I would love because I would feel educated because J.K. Rowling has that authority over me. You know, I look to her to to learn new things. But I'm saying like the way they're gonna, they're already. Um, and we talked about this earlier, Laura, is they're already marketing this book, you know, such as with that image that, that accompanied the news article, which is, you know, the new book by J.K. Rowling. You know, it's already this, this huge shroud of mystery and marketing. And no doubt we were even talking about this. The, the new, um, publishing company is going to market this book as the next book by J.K. Rowling, you know, following Post Potter after a seven year series. This is the next book by Harry Potter. So I really don't think they're going to let it fail in any way like you know financially never but i think no. what what it'll come down to is whether or not fans or people who have read harry potter you know us read us the the ones who are now adults whether or not we like the story so i mean there's so much to look forward to over the next few months we have the title we have you know summaries okay, we have I, covers can I, can I throw this out there what do you think will happen first pottermore open to the public or the book <laughs> be released I think they're just going to shut down Pottermore and get to work on the next interactive website for this new book. Oh, God. <laughs> I new mean, how bad, <laughs> just as an aside, how bad must these people feel that, you know, have been waiting now since October? Was that what it was supposed to be? Yeah, and well, I mean, the, J.K. Well, Rowling's probably whole grand plan was to get Pottermore out of the way and move yeah, on and to then the move forward, book. And she couldn't do that. Yeah. Well, we'll hear from some disgruntled Pottermoreites later in the, but in the I, show. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to midnight release parties. I'm looking forward oh, to. Yeah. I mean, oh, we could yeah. easily turn Muggle if if this book is a three part series, we could easily turn MuggleCast into a joint like Harry Potter and new book podcast. Yeah. Um. Or 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 if obviously if it's just one book, we're gonna have a whole episode dedicated to reviewing it for sure. We could go chapter yeah, yeah. by so, chapter. Yeah, and and also I would we like to go word by word. word. Yeah, <laughs> on the new book. <laughs> I'd also like to announce uh, New Book Con 2015. This yes. is going to be a conference dedicated. Forget Harry Potter. That was so 2012. 
New Book Con 15 will feature lots of literary, literary discussions, podcasts, and orgies, all focused on <laughs> the new book from J.K. Rowling. Is that, is is that, that going to be at the... Are you using the, uh, the right word? Oh, yes. <laughs> is that going to be at the new book theme park? In Orlando, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, speaking of like that kind of thing, there, there's definitely going to be a TV show or movie based around it, no doubt. A yeah, studio a, is well, already clamoring well, to get the rights for the movie. I was going to yeah. say, if it's a crime drama or if it's like something like that, the, that would definitely be adapted into a hundred other formats. I would say yeah, David yeah. Heyman probably has first dibs, though. If uh, yeah, I, I would well, think so. Although J.K. Rowling is not going with the you know Bloomsbury or Scholastic, and those are you know people relationships she's built. She's already made them the enough ground. money. Well, I can't the same be said about David Heyman. <laughs> well, <Brothers>. that's true. <laughs> Sources have confirmed that uh, David Heyman and J.K. Rowling were being a little flirtatious at <laughs> an after party. Really? Last week. Last week. Yeah. Hmm. So David Heyman's a player to get those to get those scripts. Those, yeah. Those, yeah, the movie rights. Sure, that that sounds like the David Heyman we all know. Mm-hmm. Well, this news pushed J.K. Rowling over a million follower, followers on Twitter. One of which <laughs> is not Micah Tannenbaum, as we remember on MuggleCast episode two forty nine. Micah was so upset at J.K. Rowling. He unfollowed her. Unfollowed. Can you believe that? See, but why, why would you bother though? I only unfollow people who spam my Twitter feed. Right, J.K. Rowling did the opposite. Laura, Laura, to you, J.K. Rowling is like to you, uh, Laura. J.K. Rowling's like the the agreeable neighbor, right? <laughs> or the 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 agreeable tenant. Never hear a peep from him. Always turns in the rent on time. <laughs> was that a part of that segment Micah used to do called "What's Bugging Micah"? Does he still do that? It was. It wasn't explicitly a "What's Bugging Micah," but on the last episode or two episodes ago, he voiced his concern and. He unfollowed her because, I mean, he's right. She doesn't tweet anything interesting, so why bother following her? Yeah, that's true. And then look what happened. <laughs> she did this later. You. She announces that uh, she's got a new book. Yeah. Some people in the hypable comments speculated that she did it just for you. So Yeah, well, and, and no, lucky. I'm not going to start following her again because, as I said on the last episode, when she makes these types of announcements, they tend to you know, Appear get elsewhere. picked up by media outlets and, and even reach you know far away places The Laura lives where two cans have to deliver the mail. <laughs> God, God, new book. Um, also, on the same day, moving on from the new book, Bloomsbury announced via an interview with the Associated Press that they are going to re-release the Harry Potter books in illustrated formats. Illustrated what? by whom? The heck does that it means, mean? Well, I, a picture book, I think. A Harry um, Potter picture book. And it was kind of confusing at first. It wasn't exactly clear the way the article was written, whether it was Scholastic or Bloomsbury. But it is Bloomsbury re-releasing in illustrated format. And so I'm just picturing, like, and I hate to make a comparison, but the Twilight books, exactly. at least the first one, has Ugh. the graphic novels. Yeah, it's graphic novel part, adaptations, yeah. Two-part graphic novel. And is you know graphic? what? They look really... No. Uh, they're <laughs> visual. And you know what? They look really it's good. Like, yeah, it's like graphic um, pictures. It, it's a certain no. You <laughs> know, <laughs> it's a certain type of art style. I'm sorry to say, I don't know what it is, but I read through one, and it's really nice. I mean, it's a cool mm, way to look inter- through it. Yeah, I did. Yes, I'm right. I looked through it. It's like it's like reading an audiobook. You don't read an audiobook. Yeah, it pisses me off when people say that that they read <laughs> oh, re- graphic I- novels. Yeah, it's annoying. Or audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, people are like, "Yeah, I read this book," and it's like, "No, you didn't. You just told me you listened to it on your drive. That's not reading a book." <laughs> that, that's a discussion for another day. But I think you basically comprehend this information the same way. 
in a similar way. Yeah, it is different though. You're right. So what do you guys think? I mean, I, we don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but illustrated format, what, uh, this is very clearly for kids, but. Yeah, it says a picture, you know, the, um, the adage, a picture's worth a thousand words. The Harry Potter books actually have thousands of words in them. So I, f- I just wonder how they're, they're going to be constantly playing to condense the Harry Potter books into a, you know, something that's a, a little bit small. Like, will the illustrated books be smaller than the actual Harry Potter books? Will they you would be think so. I, yeah, I would think. imagine like, that's so. The, right? Otherwise, it's just like a an insane task. But will plot threads be cut I, I just in the same of, way that they do in the movies? I kind of wonder how Joe must feel about this, because she was so adamant about um, being really careful with the art on Pottermore so as not to destroy people's images of what things looked like when they were reading the books. Like... You know, oh, you couldn't yeah, like see. The movie yeah. hadn't already done that. Well, but, true, yeah. but, but 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 Pottermore is to is to serve as a companion to the books, as you read. So so I just, like point, just I, I just kind of wonder if she must really be on board with this. I mean, in the end, it's just you know more money in her pocket. So I'm sure she's maybe not crying actually, about that. But maybe it's all the images that were going to go on Pottermore are now being put into a book and. They're moving on. Except it's going to be like, it's going to be Japanese anime style. (laughs) That's the other thing. If they make it into a graphic novel. (sighs) It's kind of what it has to be. Well, I am looking forward to looking at it. I mean, maybe J.K. Rowling will have some new information in these visuals, you would think. like Because if, if you're looking at all these visual scenes, wouldn't new information be revealed? Like... You know well, how Potter no. fans always like to tear stuff apart. So will, they're going to be like, oh, look, the crown molding is painted gold in the <laughs> Gryffindor common room. I never knew this before. Somebody quick, add it to the lexicon. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like in the scene where um, Professor Trelawney has her first prediction, you know, it may be painted in the background. Listening into the door will be Snape. You know, it'll be a little spoiler for people who are like 30 pages behind. Yeah. But, I don't know. So Scared. details are scarce. Um, supposed to be released from twenty. <laughs> say scarce. Scarce. Sorry. Scar. Hey, guess what, guys? Two hundred fifty episodes. Nothing's changed. I'm still pronouncing words wrong. <laughs> That's comforting, actually. You're my anchor, Andrew. Yeah, I am. I am your constant. I am. I am your constant in your science experiment. Dude, of that's life. amazing. So, uh, the official statement from Bloomsbury, Bloomsbury is, we are pleased to announce that as part of our long-term strategy for Harry Potter, we intend to publish illustrated editions of all seven Harry Potter books in a rolling program from 2013 onwards. Their long-term strategy. <laughs> milk, it, milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Can any... I, yeah. Long-term. I, so, 2013 is still a long way off for the first one. I, I would suspect it would the new books well, would be coming out every now six, 12 months. Now are we in the, in the zone where... They're going to start doing anniversary editions and special ultimate, kind of like what they did with the films. And they're just going to try and keep doing this for as long as they possibly can, you know, tweaking, even if it's one little thing, yep. so that people are going to keep buying. You'll remember that Scholastic tried to start releasing anniversary editions, 10th anniversary editions of yeah, each they of did the books. One. They did one, and then they didn't do any others, and it kind of flopped. They they admitted yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna do anymore. <laughs> so well, they only isn't did that one. what they did with the ultimate edition DVDs? <laughs> well yeah I mean they have all but two left I I, I think they're still gonna come out. Okay. Um they have well, to that'd be cruel. The, if the they one didn't. other thing I was gonna ask I don't think we <laughs> talked about this but with this new book that's coming out from J.K. Rowling one of the things that she talked about in the past was that you know, most of her work moving forward was gonna be for charity was there any 
notes about that and what was released? Uh, I can't. I can't see this being for charity. I can see more Harry Potter work being for charity, yeah. but not. Not this. If if it turns out that her new crime drama isn't for charity, I wouldn't like hold her to that word where she said that because I, I took it to mean the same thing that future Harry Potter work would be for charity. Yeah, um, and she's proven that already. She's done that multiple times with various Harry Potter things. I think Beetle the Bard was one of them most recently. Mm-hmm. Oh geez. So moving on go. to some movie news now. This was it was a very shocking weekend. I'm still shaking from 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 the news. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Part two did not win at the Oscars, which means that over the entire franchise, it did not win one Academy Award, Hollywood's most Ooh. prestigious award. Uh, it was nominated in Art Direction, which went to Hugo, Makeup, which went to The Iron Lady, and Visual Effects, which went to Hugo. Go, You live there, Andrew. Go put like a flaming bag of dog you-know-what on there. Only on the Academy yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and why don't we I'll record that we're going to we'll do, do that together. and we release it publicly. Yeah, <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Videotape it. We'll burn down YouTube. their houses. <laughs> I'd rather not get arrested. I don't know. That doesn't seem worth it just for we'll some get YouTube arrested. viral video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then I'll go do it right cool. now. While we're, while we're here, so, we got time. You know, we don't need to rehash all this Oscar talk, but we did do a lot of talking last week, or last episode, about what could have won an Oscar, and the, our opinions were mixed. A lot of people said no. A lot of fans said no. It, it didn't have a chance. And they were right. Mikey said and, it on the last episode, too, that he, he really didn't yep. think that they had a chance. And I, I still would like to see them do something. I guess it would have to be next year at this point. Where they just honor the series, because I think to not honor a series that's been the highest grossing ever, it doesn't make any sense. It's rude. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess that, that that's part of the reason. I mean, from, for some people who are film snobs, they probably don't see too much of a difference between Harry Potter and Twilight. In a lot of ways. I mean, th- th- they probably see Harry Potter and Twilight as being a lot closer together than you know, Harry Potter fans would probably be comfortable with admitting. Yeah. I, in I terms wonder of just like just being a commercial type of dealio, you know, films made to make money, make money as opposed to being, you know, actually truly artistic. Well, masterpieces. And, and, you know, and these are books, you know, these are written as books. So they, they are adaptations and going from a book to the screen, you're not going to, you know, if, if these were made for, the silver screen initially, you know, it could be a different story. I think. Were you guys genuinely surprised that it didn't win anything? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I, 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 I had my finger. I, I pre-wrote tweets saying it did not win this award. It did not win this <laughs> yeah. award. Like I had my button, my finger on the trigger as soon as it was announced because it was kind of predictable. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just, I guess, overall, I'm surprised that it that it didn't win. I thought it had a chance in those specific categories. Um, I guess I'm just most surprised that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Even if it didn't have a chance of winning it, I'm surprised that they went with sort of the nine results as, instead but of the ten. The, the thing is, as I go back to if it would have won an award or two awards this time around, does that really kind of make you feel any better? No. Knowing that <laughs> that it hadn't won anything prior to that. It doesn't really justify anything. If anything, people would say, well, they won the award because... You know, they haven't been recognized for the past seven films. That's yeah, true. can you imagine the one award they get being makeup? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, that would have been so lame. And here's another little factoid. The average Academy voter, these are the people who nominate and vote, the average one is a 62-year-old white male. And people cry foul over this because it's basically a bunch of older white men voting for the best pictures of the oh my year. God. And then we, we get the same predictable results every single it's year. It's like well, the government. You, you realize... You do, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Except for the you, president. You realize the Academy is is pretty much like the people who are like the big names in the industry, people who have been around in the industry for a long time. Yeah, they know their stuff, but... Right. Who are these people to decide? Because like the, it was very predictable that the artist was going to win because it won all these other awards leading up to the Academy Awards, and seen it's artsy. It's well, really I mean, good. no, I well, I mean, the thing about it is, is these are art awards, and it, it's kind of like I think I gave this comparison to you once on on we were talking about this on Instant Messenger or something. You know, somebody who is a wine expert, a sommelier or whatever, when they drink wine. They analyze it. Their brain analyzes it in a different way than the average, like, commercial wine drinker. They're looking for something that tastes good. The box wine know? drinkers. Yeah. So, Harry Potter is like, you know, it's like boxed wine. It's like Arbor Mist. Like, it tastes good to everybody. It's a good story. It's a good, solid film. But to the person who is looking for you know, is judging the films off a completely different set of criteria than you, you or I, that, you know, what makes good film per se, you know, there's, there's a lot more that these guys know than okay any of well, us could ever and I have really to, use to judge the film. I have to be honest, and this is not going to be a popular opinion. I think part of the problem is that they were not gearing the making of these films towards winning any kind of award like this until the very end. You know what I mean? They didn't start doing the Oscar push until the last movie. And I feel like there are a lot of points. There are a lot of weak points in these movies, particularly like one, two and parts of four that were not that good. And I think a lot of times when people think of Harry Potter, they're not just thinking of the one movie that most recently came out. They're thinking about it as a collective whole. And so they're thinking, well, you know, Deathly Hallows Part 2 was really good, but man, like, the second movie sucked. You know? So I think that's part of the problem, too. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, these Oscar voters, you would think they're only thinking about one film, though. I mean, if they are this right. experience, they should be only taking one into consideration. I mean, but let me give you another... I mean, Hugo should have won. I mean, do you see the special effects in Hugo? I found I found yeah, Hugo how- to be ordinary, like not exceptional. I I, I really I thought visually very pleasing, uh, good acting, and great you know effects. Uh, but as a movie, the plot didn't really excite me. It I I rented it. I have it coming in on Netflix. I'm really excited to to watch it because it did get so many good um, reviews. So, but here's another factoid: uh, out of the top five franchises ever. Uh, which are Star Wars, James Bond, Harry Potter, Shrek, and Batman. Only Harry Potter has not won an Oscar. George Lucas's Star Wars movies won eight Oscars. The James Bond's adventures have picked up two. The Batman iterations to date owned three wins, including a Best Supporting Actor trophy for Heath Ledger. And the Shrek fran- franchise um, received a animated feature award. Hmm. 
But there have been 22 Bond films, and for them to have only won two Oscars... <laughs> well, yeah, and those films aren't Oscar-worthy. Come on. I mean... You're saying, like, they're, you're saying they're pulp. Yeah, and I'm saying... But again, like Harry Potter, I, I wasn't necessarily look, looking for a Best Picture one for Harry Potter. I was looking for Best Makeup. I mean, the amount of work that does go well, into these films I, I, is oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, t- and, and talking about the Oscars again, that, that intro video where they uh, they announced the nominees... or Not announced the nominees, but where they... Um, went back over the nominees at the actual Oscars. The video, you know, short video segment that they have prior to every video yeah. being announced, I thought Harry Potter, actually, that those through those previews, Potter had the best one. Um, I think it was Jason Isaacs was talking he about... He was really pumping it up. Yeah, really pumping it up. But I, I thought that was the moment when I thought that Harry Potter had a chance at the Oscars, was when I saw that specific lead-in video right before they made the final announcement. Of course, Harry didn't win. But um, you know, with the makeup, I, I thought I thought makeup is probably their best their best chance, simply because they had that line about goblins, and you're up against making you know Glenn Close look like a a, a boy or um, uh, yeah, but that's been Meryl done Streep. before, haven't Meryl they? Meryl Streep look like well, or Meryl Streep does look like a man. making her look like it's not that you, um, yeah, the other queen, Thatcher? So, uh, Martin Thatcher, well, yes. So no, no, you know I I, I really still don't understand necessarily why well, Harry but, Potter. But what win. about I mean I saw a really cool graphic that somebody posted on Facebook. You know, think about how much it takes to transform Rafe Fines into Voldemort. Yeah, this is they gotta take his very... nose every time you see him and he doesn't have a nose. That's makeup or CGI. Well, to to wrap this up, there's a YouTube channel called channel called How It Should Have Ended dot com. Well, it's probably a website, but they also have these videos on YouTube. Yeah. And they did Harry Potter and the Best Picture summary, and and it's Snape, uh, Dumbledore, Harry, and Voldemort all discussing why they weren't nominated for Best Picture, and it's very funny. So we'll just play it. Professor, did you hear the news? News, you say? We aren't nominated for Best Picture. What? That's outrageous. Who would do such a thing? I'll tell you who. Someone that looks just like me, except covered in gold. That's who. What, I'm not allowed to be upset about this? Best director? Nope. Best actor? Nope. Actress? Are you serious? Cinematography? Nope. Editing? No. Not even music? No. WTF, you guys! We made eight movies! Was it because of the scene at the end, when you kids were grown up? Because I told you, that scene should have only been in the extended Blu-ray version. Hello, everyone. Professor Snape, did you hear about the nominations? Yes, and I am appalled. I kept this serious look on my face for over ten years, and George Clooney walks down the beach for two hours, and suddenly everyone wets their pants. We had a beach in our movie. I held an elf in my arms on the beach as he died. I cried during that scene. Thank you. Exactly. We have everything those movies have. Totally have everything. Hugo. A boy in a train station. I wonder where we've seen that before. Extremely loud and incredibly close. A boy who loses his father. I lost both my parents. Moneyball. Sports. We have Quidditch. Yes, but Quidditch is kind of stupid. Midnight in Paris. (laughs) Time travel. Duh. We did that years ago. The help. Racism. We force elves to be our servants. The Tree of Life. <laughs> Did anyone even see that movie? No. I hated the Tree of Life. I've never even heard of that movie. War Horse. We have war. And Flying Horses. The Artist. Oh, I actually really like that movie. Oh, yes. yes. He's right. Wonderful. Wonderful. I enjoyed it tremendously. To be honest, it, it probably should win. I totally agree. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. So what is the deal? Our movie actually made money. That's what the deal is. Well, so sorry. We're a massive success like the Lord of the Rings. Or Titanic. Sorry everyone loves us. Sorry we influenced an entire generation. Sorry we made eight movies that people will watch more than once. So sorry that our last film alone made more money at the box office than all of the nominees combined. I believe this is what muggles call... Horse poop. Everyone, we've been nominated for three awards. Isn't that exciting? Art direction, makeup, and visual effects. No, oh, yes. come on. Big surprise there. We win that one with our eyes closed. So there we go. That that said it very nicely, and it resonated very much with fans. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> comparing house elves to, <laughs> to racism in the help. <laughs> what? Well, that was the goal, wasn't it, really? I mean, talking about... Yeah, I mean, there are definitely themes of racism in the, in the books. We've talked about that on the show before. I think they were kidding. Yeah. Mud blood. Yeah, I, <sighs> I think they were kidding, too. Well, as a consolation, Harry Potter picked up ten Saturn Awards. <laughs> What the second part of that note <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't know the second part of that note either. But uh Yeah, so Yeah, so it did win it was nominated for ten Saturn Awards, but honestly, who cares about it, the, uh, well, wait, the is that Well is, is that a special Saturn Award? <laughs> that we're talking about the Google Doc. Somebody graffitied it. Um Yes. No, the Saturn Awards, I didn't even really know what about these. I recall hearing about the the name. But it's in June. And they've they've been nominated for ten, same amount as Hugo, and so Potter does have a chance of, of winning this. Um, but it's specifically for sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. Um, so I'm over it. I can't. I don't care about Harry Potter and awards anymore. That's they okay. lost the it's, Oscars. We'll, who cares? We'll find out in June. <laughs> you know. So. Okay. Well. In in some impressive news, just a quick update on the Harry Potter theme park expansions. There's been a lot going on. We know that they're building a Wizarding World in Los Angeles. They're they're building an expansion in Orlando. The mm-hmm. expansion in Orlando is going to be taking place in the in the other park, not mm. not in Islands of Adventure. So you're going to need two tickets for the full experience, baby. And how are you going to get? Oh, come on, that's you right. Work something out oh, there. Oh no, and, they're uh, not going to. <laughs> And how how are you going to get to those two parks? How else? The Hogwarts Express. And there's been a little new information about that. It is going to be cutting through the back of Universal. Uh, you're going to be going through a tunnel, basically, on a train. And there's going to be video screens all surrounding you. And it's going to be like you're making that journey from Diagon Alley to the Wizarding World and vice versa. So, Well, um, nothing says English countryside like Orlando, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should be interesting how they create that ex- that experience. But no other information has been revealed. Hopefully soon. I mean, they're already working on it. The, they've already been knocking out Jaws, which is where this new Harry Potter park is going to be built. It should be Aww, fantastic. Oh, you're in a Jaws? Yeah, it's closed uh, about a month or two ago. Yeah, sorry. It was a good ride. It was a classic. Um, when Pottermore does open, they are going to be distributing ebooks through public and school libraries. Um, but... Uh, this was an announcement made in association with Overdrive. So this is great. And and now, can you, this seems so odd to me, and I, I wouldn't like doing this at all, but in libraries these days, you can bring your ebook in and rent a book and then exit the library, and then you'll have it on your ebook That's reader. That's so new age to me. 
it doesn't seem right. Like if I if I go to a library, I want to pick up a physical book. That's why I'm there. Like, yeah. Otherwise, I'd just whatever, be on the dude, iTunes you have a store Kindle, an iPad. I lost my Kindle. Did you really? Yeah. How did you? If lose anybody's your found Kindle? it, by the way, uh, because it's so small and lightweight and amazing that. It just floated wow. away. So amazing yeah. that you forgot I it somewhere. I hope somebody who needs a Kindle found it and won't return it to you. <laughs> how, how can you hey. need a Kindle? Except <laughs> Andrew. Can you need something like that? You want to save paper. You want to save the trees, baby. I'm green. You should be too. You're surrounded by them in Costa Rica. We don't have paper. <laughs> You're, th- this, ep- this episode's offending somebody. <laughs> Uh, but these yeah, guys, don't we don't care. know. We don't know when they're going to be announced, uh, or they're, they're going to be available. Apparently, when the ebook store opens up on Pottermore, but you know, when's that going to be? So, Laura, what do you use if you don't use paper? So, do you guys just like write messages Plastic. in the sand to each other? No, I mean we've got a lot of banana leaves, so we use those. <laughs> in related Pottermore news, they reinforce that they do not have an opening date in the immediate future and this came after a guardian writer contacted pottermore and found this out so not good it's just gotten to that point now i mean i feel like i'm the spokesperson for this but yeah people were looking forward to it that's that's my only thing and people who have been looking forward to it for a long time you know oh whatever i'll I'll give my account to somebody if you want my account send me an email (laughs) hey that's that's against the rules laura i'd give my account to somebody if i could remember what the username was yeah, you know, I was actually God, the thinking, usernames like, for that thing are so bad. I'm sure you guys talked about this a lot, but yeah, I'm, so I'm cat seeker. Yeah, we missed you on that discussion. Yeah, I think I'm something like Rook, something or another. I don't know. Toucan Rook. <laughs> Toucan Rook. <laughs> I got. I got the special Latin American name. <laughs> Oh, we see you're in Latin America. Here, we're going to add toucan to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all going I got to some, got some, uh, so yeah, no updates on Pottermore, unfortunately, yet, but, uh, feel free to contact Laura if you want her Pottermore name. Just kidding, that's against the rules. Nobody email her. That's against the rules. Please email me. news that got Ben excited, um, Emma Watson is going to, is pretty much set to star in Guillermo del Toro's Beauty and the Beast, a live action version. Emma Watson would, of course, play Beauty, Belle. You know what's funny? The princess. I think she'll be perfect for that, actually. You do? Yeah. Why? Because she's so French, right? Well, oh, you mean like Belle in the Disney the version Disney was? Character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 I get it. It's double. Oh, oh, okay. You got it. I got it. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, okay. I, I think if they're going to do something, they should do it right. They should do something definitive. It's an old French legend. They should cast a French audience for it. That's just my thought. Although... Just uh, not three hours ago, I watched the Beauty and the Beast episode of Once Upon a Time, which I thought was mm. pretty cool, and that had Emily DeRaven as Belle, and she is Australian. So, who knows? So many different Bells. Well, and- so many different Bells. Do they really need uh, a live, live, you know, adaptation of... Well, fantasy is in. I mean, and, and princesses, and there's... By the way, there are two Beauty and the Beast television shows in the works. One for CB- CW mm. and one for ABC. So Beauty and the Beast is in right now. Get on that, yo. Um, in related news, uh, for Guillermo del Toro's film, the part of Mrs. Potts will be played by Julie Walters, which I thought was very oh, fitting. Didn't she voice Mrs. Potts in the Disney version? I feel like she did. 
Uh, that's actually a complete joke. <laughs> that's not true at all. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Just on Molly Weasley and his pots, kind of similar. Uh, no, that kind of went over like a lead balloon. Mm, okay. And finally, in the news this week, we talked about the... We mentioned Ultimate Editions earlier in the program. But, you know, what's better than Ultimate? Definitive. And we Ooh. talked about the Harry Potter Definitive Collection. It was It was announced... Last year with the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 DVD saying it would come out in 2012. Apparently it has a new name. The Wizards Collection with a huge box, feature set, and price tag. This baby's going to cost you $500 retail. Wow. Right. Rip off. Amazon is offering a $150 discount. So Don't they play the movies on ABC Family all the time? <laughs> Every other weekend. <laughs> yes. Very Jesus. Weekend. But this is the definitive collection. And in order for you to have the definitive collection, you've got to pay a lot of money. I know, but how much do you think the definitive collection is going to be worth 10 years from now? <laughs> Just as much as you have in all eight DVDs. Well, it comes with the theatrical versions and extended cuts of the first two movies. It also I'm comes with anyway. five hours of never-before-seen special features in See, limited and number editions. I have I, no I would, idea what. I, I would pay about $100, maybe $200 for just the special features discs and then leave. Because I already have the movies. I don't. I don't need those. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're basically paying. So all Harry Potter fans are basically just paying for this nice box and the over five hours of never be seen before seen special features. Do we really believe that they're never before seen? Like, I I don't buy that. Yeah, that is a stretch. I don't buy (laughs) that. The the only thing, well, David Yates specifically said that there was an outtakes reel that was going to be part of this. So, yeah. And like everything else on these DVDs, it's probably going to be 30 seconds long or uploaded immediately to YouTube. Yeah. You know, right. thereafter, right. which is what I'm right. hoping for, because so that five hundred dollars a little little steep. Um, also, one thing I, don't listen to this show. <laughs> one thing I want: if you want a positive review of anything, don't listen to this, don't show. Listen to this show. One thing I want, if and I guess I shouldn't continue saying something that's not positive, but one thing I want, if I'm going to get this five hundred dollars set, is uh, you know, a little bit more of an analysis of the the trunk that it comes in, because in the video it looks great. Like, it opens up, and it's sideways, and it's upside down, and there's drawers that come out. But um, there was a box set. Was it of the books? It was of the seven hardback books, hardcover books. And it's uh, Amazon was selling it, and it was a big deal. And it, it, it comes in, like, a, a treasure chest, or like Harry's trunk. And unfortunately, it was made out of a very cheap cardboard. And uh, it, it, <laughs> right. it couldn't even sustain the weight of the books, I don't think, over time. And so people who bought that found uh, very quickly that the trunk was becoming destroyed uh, just from gravity. Um, this looks to be paper. I mean, it'd be very cool if it was wood, but paper, this looks to be paper. Yeah. I'm saying, like, if it's going to be $500, make it out of gold, you know? Something it better be yeah, signed man. by every person that ever acted <laughs> in those films for $500. Yeah, you know, they're going to have the numbered editions, whatever that means. But it's also to include um, collectible memorabilia items, including concept art, a map of Hogwarts, and much more. The concept art stuff we've seen in the Ultimate Edition, so... Or in Film Wizardry, or in, you know, right. Page to Screen, or in the Marauder's Map, or at the Exhibition, or at the Studio Tour... No release date yet for for this product, but it is looking to come out sometime this year. Wizards collection. Like, that's who it's for. Wizards. 
so that is it for news, and obviously a lot of big news, so we wanted to spend the majority of the episode discussing that. Um, but the Twitter question this week we have for everybody who follows us on Twitter.com slash MuggleCast, we asked you, um, you know, what do you expect from J.K. Rowling's new book? What do you expect it to be about, and why, and what do you hope for? Natalie Morelli said, I just hope for another series with some of her wonderful character development. Terrence Pinkston of Hogwarts Radio said, A thriller. I think it would be great to show another writing style that is something that'll keep us on the edge of our seats. Ooh, now this I like. Mitch Hole wrote, Steamy Robance with Fabio on the cover. <laughs> Please, Joe. Fabio? That was also Laura Thompson's idea. Oh. Steamy Romance. One he's of those my, great... Hey, hey, he's my boyfriend. Don't... Who, Mitch? No, <laughs> Fabio. Oh, oh Fabio. God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's just There's a bit going. of a disconnect Cr- happening. <laughs> Christy wrote, I think it's going to be a Victorian mystery novel, just because that's what it seems like she loves. I would enjoy anything. That's Victor- interesting. Victorian. What What makes you think she loves Victorian? What makes you think she doesn't? Well, no, I mean, this person said it seems like she loves... Vic- no, I know. Like- I know. Well, J.K. Rowling goes around writing things on statues, so I don't know. <laughs> that's true. She's been known to do that. A.C. Marr wrote, as unlikely and denied as it is, imagine if it was secretly prequel-esque. The fandom would go crazy. No. Yeah, it does, it, it's That's not going to happen. Potter. Yeah. Sorry Little to shatter Potter. your dreams, but not happening. Emily Zitz wrote, I think it would be amazing and completely different, but we all hope she is a great writer, so I have high hopes. Amish Flyers 86 wrote, a grown-up Ron, tires of life in Hermione's shadow, runs away to Edinburgh, where he hangs out his shingle and solves local murders. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very descriptive. (laughs) Penny Lane 516 wrote, I hope it draws me in just like Potter did, but doesn't try too hard to be enticing. I hope it can stand on its own. Glee Lover 15 wrote, I don't really care. I'm just glad. I, I, I'm just, am glad she's writing something. I hope it is totally different than each piece so we can have a new story. Yo, Andrew, I need to go. Emily Peanut. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay, I don't. Emily Peanut wrote, I just hope it's really good. After Potter, she has lots of pressure for it to be amazing like Potter is. So we could go on and on with Twitter replies, but, uh, thanks everybody who follows us on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugglecast. And we always ask a question. All right, Ben, well, where are you going? At least tell us that. I gotta go downstairs and take care of business. Are you cheating on us? Do you have another podcast to record? Yeah, I do. And other things Yoko, to take care Yoko of. Cast? <laughs> Yoko cast? Yoko cast. Laura is meeting me downstairs are in you- 20 minutes. <laughs> Okay. I got, I got Jamie Lennon flying in from England. Lawrence. Well, thanks Lawrence thanks Lennon. for joining us on our 250th episode, and we'll see you at episode 500. Episode, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That was okay. going to be my joke. You stole it from me. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that. Sure, I love everybody. Care. I miss everybody. And you can follow yeah. Ben at uh, twitter.com slash Ben Shane. Yeah, that's me. I thought- it's a good Twitter account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Micah Tannenbaum, see it's been great. See you, Ringo. Eric, Eric, Eric Thompson, it's been good. Laura <laughs> Skull, talk to you guys soon. All right, goodbye. It'll Andrew probably Lawrence. be another Later. two years, Ben. I'll see you. Probably. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to the emails. Eric, can you read the first one from Sarah? Yeah. Uh, 
First email is from Sarah, age 15. She says, so recently I've been doing a bit of research on Felix Felicis, and I noticed that it takes six months to brew the potion. How did Professor Slughorn in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince have all of the Felix Felicis ready if he only got hired two months previously? Sorry if this is a topic you guys have already discussed, but I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about it. So we're talking Maybe. at the beginning of Harry Potter's year six. Maybe he bought it somewhere, pre-brewed. I'm sure you can do that. Yeah. Or couldn't it have been in storage in Hogwarts somewhere? I mean... Well, can can you store it? Like, uh, is there like a Rubbermaid or a Tupperware? Oh, oh yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, somebody, another teacher could be brewing it. I mean, think of how many teachers are at Hogwarts. That's true. I wonder, um, I wonder also how much of that brewing process is actually, like, brewing. You know what I'm saying? Like... It, gathering the ingredients is some. Some ingredients have to mature. So, you know, by the time you actually throw them into a cauldron and it turns gold, I'm sure that isn't until the sort of the very end. Laura, would you like to read the next email? So the next one comes from Cassandra Lee, age 14, of Melbourne. And she says, Hi, MuggleCast. I was rereading Goblet of Fire, and it got me thinking that if you can't use muggle objects around Hogwarts because of the magic, as referenced from Hogwarts A History, if this is true, how come they can use watches? Wouldn't it affect the magic just as electricity would? Just a thought. Love your podcast. Keep rocking. Hmm. <clears throat> is Are the watches just a movie thing? I'm really trying to think of a book reference where they said... Because that, don't they, um, for their 17th birthday, get some special watch? Ooh, maybe. Like, with, like the one Dumbledore had with the planets around the... Well, and then there's the Weasley clock, which, again, it's a clock and it's around magic. Um, but but, but I'm it's, thinking, it's like, a magical the, one now. Yeah. Well, at the movies, or in the movie, there's that giant clock tower, that pendulum... Uh, mm-hmm. You know that Umbridge walks by. I mean, couldn't the watch by in the movies? Couldn't the watches have been enchanted? Well, I think, and with big clocks anyway, they're more mechanical than electrical. If that makes sense, so it's like gears mm-hmm. turning. So, what if the magic just makes the gears turn? You know, whereas like, so it doesn't need to be it like replaces electricity then, because their watches are more of a machine than you know a, a computer wouldn't be able to work without electricity, but gears would be able to turn with magic. Yeah, I could I could see how it could have been in, uh, these watches were enchanted or, or made in the wizarding world, which would... Because, I mean, what? Do they have no clocks? Like, Well, yeah, I mean, how do they tell time if they don't... Right. Yeah. Or, right. I think with the books, there was always that they were talking about, like, periods ending, you know? Like, going on to the next period, or, or bells, you know, or something. How, how would they change classes, like, without... A timekeeping Yeah, system. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. My best guess is what, I, what I've what i just stated. Um, Micah, can you read the next email from Teresa? Next email is from Teresa, 17, of Taiwan. And she says, Hey, Mugglecasters, I've been listening to the podcast for almost a year, and I think you guys are great. Since there isn't a lot of fans in my school, and no one that I know of who is as into the series... It's always been exciting to follow the new episodes and listen to you guys discuss Harry Potter. Here's something I couldn't quite understand, and I was hoping that you guys can answer for me. I was rereading Deathly Hallows the other day, and there's something that I find strange. On page 572 of the UK edition, Dumbledore answered Harry about the tales, the tale of the three brothers. I think it is more likely that the Peveril brothers were simply gifted, dangerous wizards who succeeded in creating those powerful objects. 
If it really was so, then shouldn't the Master of Death be nothing more than an empty title simply made up by whoever <coughs> excuse me, did it? I guess that's what she's trying to say. Uh, why would Dumbledore, as brilliant as he might be, believe that there truly is a Master of Death? Is there something that I've missed, or is it something that is just not fully explained? Um, I thought the whole idea was that that title was more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, you couldn't really obtain it without first trying to seek it, which ended up being impossible because, as Dumbledore kind of explained, anybody who went out to actually try and seek power was actually not um, equipped to yield it, whereas somebody like Harry, who had it thrust upon him, was actually a very good leader. So I don't think that... I, I think Dumbledore was right by saying that, that it was really just, you know, kind of a tale based off of these three kind of very talented... Um, dangerously talented men, but I, I don't think that it's actually real. I think that Dumbledore was just very enticed by the objects and what they were capable of. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think, though, that we've seen wands have certain allegiances aside from the Elder Wand, right? In, in parts of the series, so I don't necessarily... And wasn't there that whole bit about when Harry was killed by Voldemort or whatever you want to say happened to him, you know, he cast that sort of same protection that his mother cast on him. So that in part, I think aided him in his defeat to be the master of, of death. the death eaters and Voldemort. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's interesting. Um, and it's a bit, I don't want to say it's convoluted, but like Harry had several things going for him. There was the blood seal, you know, his mother's sacrifice, the fact that he was the chosen one, the prophecy and that he was wielding, you know, over time he had each of the Deathly Hallows. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I always just kind of took the the um, tale of the three brothers as being true, you know, but but then Dumbledore, this quote from Dumbledore says that, you know, he doesn't really think there were three brothers um, or that, you know, it's he didn't think they met death. He, he just thought they created these three different objects. Um, yeah, that's how I always took it, that they had created these objects or at the very least had come to possess them somehow. And then as they got passed down over time, much in the same way that our own kind of folklore and um, <coughs> legends are created, people start creating stories in order to make sense of why things are the way they are. Yeah, that That's a really rich interpretation of the story. And, and also, yeah, I agree um, completely. That That makes sense to me. All right, to wrap up the show today, we have Chicken Soup Extra Spicy Dedicated Edition, oh, titled by Eric Skoll. Yeah, well, um, Extra Spicy, and the, the dedicated is in parentheses, so it's this guy's, you'll, you'll understand. Okay. I thought this was like a Chick-fil-A reference or something. <laughs> um, this is from... Oh, I miss Chick-fil-A. Sorry. Me too. I just had it like uh, 12 hours ago, 24 hours ago. So, mm -hmm. so I was waiting forever. Anyway, um, Matt L14 from Tampa, Florida. He writes, Dear MuggleCast, this week I've been stuck in bed at home sick for all week. It sucks, which is why I decided to go back and re-listen re to all the MuggleCast episodes. I will admit they almost gave up at the 12-hour live show. Oh, so yeah, so did we. So did we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it for 12 hours. I think it was but on it is, for like 10 minutes of that. 
he continues, but it is so great listening to how great the whole experience has been. Thanks so much for keeping me from going insane in my room. I'm currently on episode 164. And then he asked a question, so we should just answer this. Why did Voldy crumble into frosted flakes in DH2? You should re-listen to episode 4. Uh-oh. I don't, I, I don't yeah, get it. Well, did we predict that happened in episode, episode 4? Episode 4 was... <laughs> that would happen. Was there binge. an explanation We've there? talked about the how they he like fell apart and that was just i don't know i think we all had differing opinions on it well he didn't but, um, fall apart though not in the book no 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 yeah no of course but, but we're I'm, talking about in the movie that's a yeah i know big change but i if think, think about if, it. if if it's episode four then that means that we made some kind of prophetic statement yeah oh well, yeah i guess you're do. right well, somebody should go yeah. back and listen to it's it probably somebody let cereal. us know i think it's about cereal <laughs> yeah because we're not gonna do it <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I can't I can't listen to my myself. Neither listen to myself we. all day. Yeah, talk to myself. I'm very lonely. Anyway, thanks, Matt. Hope you got hope hope you got better. Can you believe that guy? He's 14. You know, when we started the show, he was about he was like I don't even think he was born yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, how <laughs> many was... years has this been going? We started this in 2006. Do the math. He was five. Five. 2005. Oh my yeah. God, seven so years. Seven years. So he was. Yeah, yeah. Laura, he was the our seven-year-old. Seven our seven year is coming up at uh, oh my in August. God. In August, I've known mm. you people too long. Yeah, you should. Laura, you should like, like leave and right go now. to a different country or something to get away from us. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, it's been a very fun show. I have to say, um, if and you sent an email to Mogocast at Gmail and got bounced, uh, we had some kind of a lockout issue. So I wanted to just remind everybody: please email us at Mogocast at Gmail. Well, no, I don't think I don't think that was the problem. I think it's because the site is down, which I, I also want to oh. bring up. We've been getting a lot of comments about it because people can't email in via the feedback form, so I think that's why email stopped. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, if you're wondering, the site's going to be down for a little bit longer, but when it is usually up, you can go to mugocast.com and find all you need about the show um, to download the latest episodes and whatnot. Right now, you can get episodes by via, via mugonet.com. Why, why don't I explain a little bit of that? Real quick, um, okay. for people who are looking to uh, get onto MuggleNet, there have been some problems uh, the last uh, couple of weeks with uh, some malware on the site. We took most of the site offline so that we can try and fix the problem and that it doesn't infect anybody's computer. So hopefully uh, MuggleCast will be uh, back up in the next few days in time for this episode. What happened was I got really angry that I'm no longer part of it, so I started installing malware on the site. You know, there's actually theories about it. Like, I saw some of you people in the comments being like, oh, Andrew must have done it. I, was like, I, I did yeah. not originate that rumor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that... Uh, no, I, I didn't do it. I just paid somebody yeah, to do it. Well. No, this is a joke. This is Damon... You got Damon, Damon to do it. He's striking back, finally, after all these years. <laughs> Waffles. No, it's Kieran. Oh man, the site has so many enemies. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, it's been a fun 250th episode, and really a fun 250 episodes. Gosh, we didn't even reflect. Uh, we did a little bit. Yeah. Let's reflect. We got five minutes. We here. reflect like every ten episodes. Yeah, it's true now because they're like so far it's the apart. Same stuff anyways but you know thank you to everybody who's been listening over the years and, uh, it's just been and a, this guy this chicken soup 164 episodes in one week i, I that's actually yeah, not pretty mathematically impressive. possible but i, I don't want to <laughs> no, well, nice nice going dude I nice going i don't want to call him out but man that's awesome yeah no that's great 
podcasts are always fun to listen to. I, I listen to podcasts myself. Not this one, but it's because I'm on it. So really, yeah. I am listening. And if you edit it, you really like live it like three times. There's no... Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, and now that we have this new book from J.K. Rowling to look forward to, who knows what how we can incorporate this book in, into MuggleCast itself in exactly. the future. So, yep. And whatever J.K. Rowling writes next. And what Pottermore puts out next. And what, what happens at the Wizarding World. There's just so much. There's just so much. Lindsay, uh, before the next episode comes out of MuggleCast, there will be a studio tour, right? Does that, um, isn't that yeah, March? Yeah, the studio tour will be open at the very end of March. And MuggleNet and Hypable will both be going to the release events so so we'll be sure to uh to talk about it how about next episode we uh we'll talk a little bit about the content of Pottermore because who knows when it's opening to the public oh well, like we have talked about it haven't we no we, like we we didn't talk about it because we didn't go in depth uh, on the yeah. content i guess here. Yeah. very good laura hope to have you on again soon it's always lovely having you yeah on. definitely and, uh, again, MuggleCast.com, usually when it's up, we'll have all the information you need. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast, Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash MuggleCast, and the fan Tumblr, which is MuggleCast.tumblr.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I like how I'm this, Andrew Sims. this person just said that they're going to be listening again now that <laughs> Laura and, I guess, Ben are on. What, on Aww. Twitter? Yeah. Oh, cool. I guess the three of us weren't good enough. Oh, we're what do you mean? Listen- oh, like- oh, she qu- that person quit listening, and now, yeah, now they're back. It, it might just be worth nice. returning to. So thanks, nice. Brad, and thanks, Laura and Ben. Yeah, for 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 for, for bringing Brad edge. back. We're up one listener. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Every listener matters. Anyway, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. You can go, Laura. Have, no, Micah, you have way more seniority over me. Go. <laughs> I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Laura Thompson. Oh, go, oh no. And I'm Ben Shane. <laughs> it's my best Ben Shane. Ben. And I'm Ben Shane. And I'm Ben Shane. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 251. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.